Welcome to the second Street Attraction Podcast. I'm Eddie Hitchens. And I'm Johnny Berber. Make sure to keep up to date with the Street Attraction Podcast and Street Attraction website, where you can check out infield footage, get tips and info, as well as bonus material. On this podcast, we interview Paul Janka, author of Attraction Formula and How to Get Laid in NYC. Check it out. We've got the original day gamer himself, Paul Janka, a legend in uh, day game, I have to say. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I could, you know, I'm here. We're here in London. I'm originally from, well, LA actually, but made a name in New York, as you mentioned. And semi retired now, I'm in a relationship, but I, I definitely spent years pounding the pavement, so I know the ins and outs. And um, we're here to talk about a few things dominance, street yep. game, the yep. London scene. So uh, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, ask yeah. away. We can. Yeah, it's. Um, I've got a million questions to ask. Really, I'm not even sure where to begin. But um, I think a good starting point would be how you got started. Oh, geez. Uh, well, so I'm 37. And I so I'm older, and I maybe, geez, I don't know, 15 years ago. How did I get started? Well, I, I always liked women, and I kind of cobbled it together, like most guys do. But Part of the reason I, I realized there was a system to this is in my mid-20s, I, I consistently did things wrong. That's not to say I didn't get action from time to time, but I would have a real promising lead with a girl. I, she clearly liked me. I can remember this from Boston and then in New York, too, in the first couple of years. Um, and she, she'd agree to a date and I, I would follow the standard thing. I would take her out to dinner and we would eat and I'd have, I didn't have much money, I'd have to pay a big bill. Usually it was full after dinner. Sometimes it worked out, but many times the logistics and being tired after a meal, like, and then we'd say, well, we'll get together next time. We wouldn't even have a passionate kiss. And then it fell apart and I started to get frustrated thinking, you know what, I'm like, I'm ruining these opportunities with these girls that are promising. So with another friend and I, we started to cut out parts of the process and we kind of just went straight to the um to the the sexual part you know to the romantic part and that's kind of how it started and then we opened up the floodgates in my late 20s we started to i started to have a lot of dates and close a lot of these dates and have a lot of sex and i was like wow this is a whole different paradigm from what most guys do yeah talking you know a lot of guys talk about getting lucky once a week or once a month but i was just cleaning up so that and then my friends started to say you should write a book because I always had another girl with me whenever they would see me and um, it's kind of how it started and then there, that's how I got into this thing and then uh, real quickly I wrote a little thing called Getting Laid in NYC and um, sent it out and guys loved it. I didn't know this at the time but because I, I got into a relationship but when that two years later that ended a reporter contacted me having read this and I was in a big national magazine and then through some other events, I was on TV, and then I was on a bunch of big shows. And then I wrote a book, and then we formed a business in 2008. So that's a rough picture. Mm -mm. Cool, so when you started off, you had no intentions of ever going public. No, I was uh, yeah. no, no, no. I was always an entrepreneur, so I liked business and being my own boss. But um, I was a professional tutor for SAT and math and science in New York, and then I was worked on Wall Street on and off for years. Uh, for a period and then I stopped and I worked for another period. So my career, I hadn't really found my calling, but this was certainly nothing I thought had commercial value. Paul, uh, just a shout out guys, I am here because I think Eddie forgot to introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the dark guy in the yes, dark room. Yes, you are. You're right so, here. I can um, see I'm, I'm here. But uh, let me just ask Paul, for the guys who are starting out, because um, you've gone way ahead, 
the guys who do have approach anxiety. Um, what would you say to those guys, Paul, to get them started? I know it's a you know it's yeah. an obvious question, but it's still something that you know so many guys out there who can't even just go over and say hi to a woman. Yeah, it's uh, it's. You know? I understand. I mean, I I've I've had that, and I'm sure if I got back into it until I kind of got the training wheels off, I'd have it again. It's it's scary to approach a stranger and try to initiate some kind of conversation at the wheels, you know. Um, so I'd say a couple things. One expect don't have high expectations kind of go in there thinking you know what for the first handful of these things well actually let me back up it's yeah. totally natural and it's going to take you a lot of it's going to take you a lot of practice and a, just a, basically a lot of approaches till you get kind of acclimated to this yeah, yeah. and in the beginning the way i would even warm up even when i was at my prime is i would just you have to get kind of socially calibrated and i used to go out before i'd coach or even on a day when i was just going to meet girls and start talking to a lot of people. Talk to the barista at Starbucks, talk to the guy who's waiting, ask him what time it is, ask for directions, comment on how nice the weather is, tell a guy, oh, I like your shoes, man, or a dog, or stop, someone else, even if it's an old lady. You wanna get used to starting conversations with strangers, right? Yeah, yeah. So then when the, the hot girl comes, she's just another stranger. You have to be kind of lubricated and like warmed up. And then, you know, you're not gonna succeed every time, so just, have that mentality, don't think you're going to knock it out of the park and be prepared for her to be bitchy or she can be or um, have no traction. But the real thing is after you've done it 100, 200, 300 times, you're not going to really feel and you'll have also seen all the different responses. So you kind of know and you'll be able to anticipate it. So it's, that's um, it's interesting you mentioned that because it's something that's very heavy in my game. And um, I think what you're basically saying is you've got to warm up. You've got to get yourself into the right state of mind. Mm. And even when you've done it for years and you've been really good at it, every day is a new day. So I think it's important to stress to guys that want to get out there and approach girls who have approach anxiety, it is all a warming process. Even if you're really good at this, you have to do, like we say, a few sets just to loosen up your tongue and just to get that rust off, that kind of mm -hmm. almost neediness so she can't feel that she's too important. So when you've approached your, for example, sixth, seventh girl, you kind of carry the energy from the last girls you spoke to that hot, and the girl kind of, she picks yeah. up on that. You know? I, 100%, and I, actually you could even start the day when I used to coach guys, pardon me, um, the first 10 approaches are throwaway approaches. They just don't even have, just think they're all gonna be nothing. And then yeah. on the 11th girl, you have some momentum, as you said. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, key. And. Um, the other thing too is you can certainly walk with a wingman and then if you're approaching one girl and it's two guys and you know each other well and have good banter, usually you'll bring added confidence to that. And if, if, if you run out of things to say or there's a beat, you know, it's, it's like, because um, it's not scripted, it's not, improv really helps guys with this, but it, it's, they don't know what to say. So they'll say two sentences and then they'll go flat. Well, if you're with a mate who's good, he can pick it up, you know, pick up the dribble right there and, and carry on and then pass it back. That I found very helpful. Streetattraction.co.uk You're listening to the Street Attraction Podcast with Eddie Hitchens and Johnny Berber. Oh, no, it would be a buddy of mine. We used to walk, we used to, in New York, we used to walk down 9th Avenue, and, and like on a Saturday afternoon, and we, I mean, sometimes it would be two girls, sometimes it would be one girl, sometimes more. And we would just cruise down for like three or four hours, and we'd collect numbers, which was a, the first stage of, you know, obviously the whole process, texting them, getting back to the place, et cetera. But um, yeah, we generally, I mean, I was good on my own, but he actually preferred, he's not as good on his own. He really likes a wingman. And, uh, but together we had such good chemistry. We knew each other that we yeah. were like, we were a comic act together. Girls would be laughing or it was good.
the more I'm sure you know this from doing this a lot. The yeah. more you do this, you become desensitized yeah. to the response to even the girl. She could be a card bug. No matter how hot she is, she's. I mean, there's some that you're like, wow. If you really, if you pause to like take her in, maybe then it's like, wow, this is a. But when I was out there doing it a lot, they were almost like cardboard cutouts. I did it so much that I. I knew it was a woman and she was attractive, but there was no emotional register at all. So I was very, I was so insulated. So no matter, and ironically, this is what's so crazy. Women are very attracted to a guy who doesn't have any, any response feelings. or free, really, or any feelings. You make it sound quite psychopathic almost. Well, actually, funny enough, yeah. I, because now I'm in a relationship, but I'm much more open and, and warm and feeling than I was maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. I can sense that part of the reason I was so good is that I was very cut off, not I wasn't crazy, but there was a psych. There was a, there's a. Basically, if you when we get to dominance, not caring about her feelings is a big is a big asset in a player because you can, you know, your end goal is to have sex. Like if she's not cooperating, cut her and get another one. And also, I could pick up so many women because I, I never felt the sting. And then, ironically, the more, the more kind of, and that made me so smooth. Because I never, I was just like clockwork. It's like an assassin who kills his 100th person. He can pull the trigger very smoothly. The first one, he's like all fucking jittery because he's about yeah. to kill someone. It's very similar. And so I was so smooth. I was such an operator. And I would get all the, I would almost get all the numbers, like 90% close rate, 95. And, and even executing all the moves in the bedroom to sex. Like I was very, very smooth because nothing, my heart was never jumpy. I was just like, which is cool, but it also, part of the reason I got in a relationship, I didn't want to live too long like that. So it's a very interesting dynamic. And women are super, super attracted to that. Like you said, when you're playing the game, you have that kind of abundance. You feel almost a little bit cold when you get good at this because yeah, yeah. you do it so much. Like Eddie said, you almost are like a psychopath in a healthy way. You just don't give a fuck about her response. So when she's giving you good responses or bad, it's just like, whatever, I've been through this before. It's all like... And you stick to the script. When I was out there doing it all the time, like her response was uh, irrelevant, actually. Like I, yeah. it's not a script, but I had a whole set of, I had to hit certain points and, you know, go for the number and I, there was a certain sequence, but when I was in, in mode and yeah. feeling like, like I would just do my thing and usually I would get the number, but like the outcome didn't matter because it was all about me being in the zone and performing, da, 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 boom, yeah. and then go, and I, I was very good at it and, and ironically not caring about how she responds is really the way to get the number yeah. but the new guy is so worried about like is she gonna give me and also his heart's bouncing everywhere he's like the first-time assassin trying to shoot and the scope's going and he's, he's not gonna hit his target yeah. but players who've done it a lot like yourself and and um you know the gun is very steady and you just you know. it's the stage i'm at now where the girl sometimes can tell i do this a lot mm -hmm. so i've got the whole thing where i've got a fake i'm nervous again you can usually deflect that with a comment, like to get a. I used to say, I, only on Tuesdays. Tomorrow's my day off. And they're like, haha. But they, again, it's what we were talking about before that we went, started recording. Girls, if they know you're slick, they're turned on. Their brain says danger, but their pussy says, oh, you know, so it's like, yeah. which usually you can close them on, on that. But, um, and actually, in my case, I can relate a lot. And I got a lot of that from women. It actually. In a way, everyone left happy because she knew I was a player. So she was just coming over for sex and not looking at me as a boyfriend. So it made my job easier and there weren't hurt feelings. You know, we might be, you know, run around a few times and that was it. Because mm -hmm. she knew what I was about. 
because my whole my whole persona and my attitude, I was very cocky. You know, it all screamed like no commitment. This guy's just an asshole, but he's he's good at what he does. Yeah, they used to ask me like on TV when I was on TV shows for this, and like, oh, you're hurting these women's feelings, and maybe the odd one, but for the most part. Not really. Women usually knew 100% what it's. Yeah. They're very intuitive. They knew like, oh, this guy's an operator. But I, you know, I've, I'm attracted to him. So, but you know. yeah, I mean, if you, if I'm clear about my motives, it, it takes, it selects for me. I remember the first time I did my first set. It was about 14 years ago now. I seen this goddamn blonde bombshell walk straight past me. I had, I had terrible approach anxiety. As a matter of fact, I got this terrible t tingling feeling running down my whole body, straight down in my cowboy boots. And there she was, in her stable, just playing for her goddamn horses. As a matter of fact, I think my open, I think I went in direct. So I just looked at her and I said, geez, ma'am, I said, which one of those goddamn horses is your favorite? She just looked at me for supper your eyes and said, yes. Well, can you yeah. still get around it? You think when those girls who, they say I want a long-term boyfriend, they can see you're a player, they can feel it, they can tell, but you, can you still get around it? Have you got around it? Oh gosh, I gotta think back. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think the advantage is attraction is very strong for women too. I mean, we all guys know, like if, so they kind of get mesmerized. If, they're, if you have really good chemistry with someone, you, I, you know, as you, as you know, you can have chemistry at a distance without, it's not just how they look, but like when you're in the zone with someone looking and yeah, as, yeah. as a pickup, I hate the word pickup artist, but a guy who, who works the game a lot, you know when you're locked onto the chick and it's like fucking heavy. You like, can feel it. You can, you can feel it. It's, it's almost like, like you're fucking field, each other. It? It's a force field. A force field yeah. Once she feels that, she might want a relationship, this and that, but she's, her main, her brain is like, you know, pulsating, like I want to fuck this guy. I want to It's not really an issue. It kind of crowds out her longer term agenda. If you're good at this, if you can create that, it, it is like a force field. You like beam her in. And the, the crazy thing is I feel it too. You know, it goes both ways. So I lock on and it's, it's pretty intense. That was one of the thrills of the, of the chase. Dominance, it's interesting. I mean, you're a tall guy and, and so am I, and, and I am dominant physically. But um, let's talk about, so how, how teachable is this to other guys like across the board? I think a couple of things that are helpful. Um, one is is what we talked about like control of your of the of the male emotion like stoicism it can be attractive and but also which i lack a little bit now because i'm in a relationship which is a lot more confusing it has a lot more elements than pickup clarity and confidence the two c's if you're confident and you're very clear about what you want at least when i was out there that communicates so much to the woman she all of a sudden, there's a guy standing in front of her who's very confident, and he's like very, very clear what he wants. Like he wants to fuck. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. see, don't say it directly, but, and, you know, fuck or get out of my way. And like that, that, that is a very dominant position. So the girl, even if she's on the fence, maybe she, like we said, she gets in the force field and she, she um, becomes uh, submissive to it. So I, I would say, even for guys who don't have huge stature, if they can develop the confidence, and this comes from experience, too, the confidence and the clarity to know. What's your the the biggest thing, and they don't talk about this is that much, um, and I've encountered this thinking about it even recently. Without a plan, a guy's at loose ends. 
That's why like the place you described and bringing them back and the whole method, you have to know what you're going to do next. Like get the number, then text, then bring her back, then bring her upstairs, then lie her on this bed because you've done it to 20 girls beforehand. Yeah. It makes you such a smooth operator. And that's where the clarity comes from because you always know what to do next. It's like the military. You have a plan. A guy who doesn't have the experience or doesn't know what to do next, he's, he's waffling all over, blah, 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 and the yeah. girl's like, eh. What me and Eddie say, the only difference between the guy who's getting laid regularly and the guy who ain't is that he's going out there, he's putting the fucking work in and he's, he's playing in the game and he's putting a lot of energy in where the guy who's not doing it just sort of sits at home reading a lot of material, you know, on YouTube all day and he basically he's not getting out and trying. So he has no agenda, there's no goal. So he's going to get out, he's destined for rejection mm -hmm. because he's rejecting himself in every sense. He's not going out there and trying. At least the guy who goes out, he approaches 30 hot girls a day and he just wants to fuck him and he keeps trying. He's going to hit eventually and he's in a much better place. This is teachable and if a guy works hard enough, he'll... You know, then he'll start. He'll be able to get the numbers. Then, then what? Then he'll start to figure out his text game, yeah. however you do it. And then he'll figure out how to get the logistics. Yeah, you can figure all these pieces out, but you have to work it. Yeah, it's a process you go through. Even a guy who comes who's quite timid, if he starts getting good at this, you eventually, you just naturally become more dominant. And I think if you're not dominant in this game, you just don't get anywhere. Women do not respond to a man who's not dominant or respect um, you. Or respect you. And when I first started out, I think women were the first to tell me that. They taught me a lot of my game because they would say to me, you know, you're too nice, for example, mm. when I first started out relationships. So I think I learned a lot of my game from women, to be honest, from the way so they, you know. How does that play out? I mean, I know in general how it works, but I'd love to hear, like, so a girl says you're too nice, but she likes you, but you're not. Yeah. So how does that can you, re you yeah. recover? How does that play out? What's the end? How does that resolve? My first street pick I did, yeah. and I didn't know... I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. I just ran over like most guys and said, I like you, give me the number. And I think she was of a gay friend. She was quite a hot English girl. But anyway, I think out of sympathy, she just said, you know, let me just give him the number. This guy's trying so hard. So anyway, I got a number, ended up hooking up with her, dating her for a while. Got back to her place. Uh, couldn't even fucking do the deed. You know, I was too nervous, mm. you know, all over the place. Ended up not performing. I couldn't even get an erection, I think, at the time anyway, which is funny now. But she said to me eventually, she said to me, you're too nice. She said to me, stop being so nice. Yeah. And when I heard that, that was like, that was something I just said, like, that was a realization. Like, I can't believe a woman's complaining because I'm being too nice. <laughs> right. Like, everything I've been taught and conditioned yeah. growing up, mum saying to me, just be nice, be a gentleman. Yeah. I was just like, that just blew my reality. From that day, I was like, fuck this. Like, no, forget being a nice guy. Um, just uh, let me interject because you bring up sure. a funny point. Um, <laughs> My, my buddy, who we learned a lot together, um, Chasing Girls in New York, he said, once in a while I would listen to a woman give me advice, like you mentioned your mother, yeah. about how to treat women, and he would always say, dude, this woman doesn't know how to fuck girls. Like, you gotta talk, <laughs> you gotta talk to a guy who knows how to fuck women. Like, women true. are the worst source of advice. And I've taken it in the past and it never works. Because they don't, they, they don't, don't want you to fuck up a girl, right? <laughs> they, don't, they don't, they don't confront the same challenges we do because they've never tried it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, what our mothers told us generally is not right. They're basically telling us, "Be a good boy and don't fuck any girls." <laughs> our fathers are like, "Just fuck everything." <laughs> <laughs> they should be saying that. <laughs> so it's, it's it's interesting where we get our advice. Um, but one other thing about dominance, it doesn't have to be physical. You know, I've seen small guys who are quite dominant. It's um. Another way to say confidence and clarity is to have very strong terms. And what I mean by that is like boundaries where if the girl doesn't play by your rules, you cut her. And, yeah. and then I've had so much of experience with that in New York. And I've cut girls because they didn't want to come up or they were like dilly-dallying or giving me. 
and that immediately got their attention and respect, and then they circled back a couple days later or whatever and, and said, all right, I'll play by your rules. They just came up and fucked. In other words, like unwavering, that communicates so much. It communicates, I have other women, there's abundance, like yeah. I don't need you. Yeah, yeah. A, because as soon as you get, what I found, as soon as I gave into a woman's agenda, even slightly, like my sexual attraction, in her, in her eyes, my sexual value dropped, and, and then she also, just the way that people are, she, she land grabs, she wants more now. So I gave a little, now it's like, ooh, I'm gonna take more, even if she's a nice girl. So generally, telling, not giving them an inch is the way to turn them on the most. I find whenever I give that little bit of leeway, it doesn't work. It right? don't work, and what they do yeah, is, they, nice girls, like yeah, they only knows, they test your boundaries. As soon as you kind of give leeway, you give them the power, they just, as you said, they lose attraction for you. Mm. Even if they don't realize it, I think subconsciously, they don't, most of them don't realize subconsciously, it, yeah. they, just, they just sort of think, oh, he let that go, and then they, they're always pushing. So I think, coming back to what you said, it's very important to say, these are my rules, and this, if you don't play by them, you know, it's, it's done. Streetattraction.co.uk You're listening to the Street Attraction Podcast with Eddie Hitchens and Johnny Berber. Last minute resistance, uh, you've got the girl back to your place usually and everything's going really well, you're kissing, but then when it comes to you know, getting really romantic, she says no. Well, usually, um, <laughs> it's funny, there's so many, you're bringing me back to a different period. First of all, I used to say, I didn't say that often publicly, but I'll say it now, I, I always knew what the law was, like, yeah. and I wouldn't, I wouldn't cross the line, but I'd come up pretty damn close to it and there were a lot of mattress battles give the girl uh, fuck have fuck her brains out but like that lmr what you're talking about like no 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 i can then she'd go up and like i'd walk her to the front door and be like come here come here and then put my hand in her pants and start fingering she's like oh, and then carry her back and then anyhow wear her down to the point that i fucked her and and she went turns a girl on when a guy earns it so but I can just remember all those mattress battles, and that's a lot of fun too. Especially if you got the music going and you got the, I used the candles or the right lighting, and like she's half naked and you're working. You know, what I used to do because I would meet so many girls in a day. Um, New York is so good for that. I'd usually book uh, like a, I don't know, like a seven. These are rough numbers, but like a, maybe an eight o'clock date, a nine thirty, and like an eleven that that morning or the day before. And so the eight would come and I'd play, I'd give him my best shot, and then like 30 minutes before the next girl would go, I'd really like lay it on, like would go for broke. And then she'd be like, no. And I had a lot of girls be like, I'm leaving. So I said, all right, because they knew it was either fuck or, you know, there was nothing to do but fuck. I mean, that was the state stage we were at. Um, so they would go and I, I could take that shot. A lot of guys don't want to push that hard because then when the girl goes, they're empty handed for the yeah. rest of the night. But if you have two other girls coming, you're like, all right, give it a shot, gone. Now I'm warmed up, girl number two comes. Boom, usually I'd get some action. And, and then people always ask, what happens if it goes to the first one? Well, that's easy to do. You just go to the bathroom and you text the other two, like, the emergency came up. Girls do it all the time. Well, da, 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 you know. So yeah. I, I didn't have a lot of, again, I didn't have a lot of remorse for this. Um, so that's kind of how I would handle it. I'd have backup plan B and C. But I, I wanted to talk about something you, you brought up uh, sure. about, it was so interesting. I was going to, yeah, back in New York. So here, you talk about give a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's always that, you go running through having fun, nailing all these girls, then there's this one, and for some reason you really want her, right? And I can remember this in New York, and also with my buddy, and he'd be like, oh, this girl, I can't wait. But she was, a, she had really strong terms too. She was like an alpha female, like a, a really, you know, prized woman. And she said, no, I'm not gonna. And so then on occasion, I would break my rules, or my buddy would say, and, and then we would just see, how does it turn out? And they almost invariably didn't work. Like I would agree to go with her somewhere or like go eat dinner when I, that's not what I would do, wanted to do. Yeah. 
and it, I could never recover it. I mean, almost never. In other words, I found empirically, like once in a while, breaking my rules, that it that it just doesn't work. Yeah. So that gave me a lot of confidence to not even when I was super tempted because the girl was really hot. I was like, you know what? I can play this for it. I know what's going to happen. So it's better to just cut her, and and not 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 agree to this stupid plan she has. When you have really strong terms and call it dominance, I can remember in New York, a lot of girls would not agree to come into my place. Like we'd have a battle at the door because they knew I wanted to, and and let's um, oh, and you know, girls. I I've I've been told off. I've been girls have walked away. Girls have slammed doors on my face. Um, but they always respected me, is what you're saying before, because yeah, yeah. Th th they couldn't break me, because I because I, I had played the game so many times, I knew what happened if I if I gave in. So, yeah, girls thought I was an asshole at times, but they always had that underlying respect. I think Paul, what you've mentioned, it comes back to what a woman says she wants and what she emotionally responds to are two different mm -hmm. things. And like you said, I've done it in the past. It's cost me. I've sort of said, "Fuck it, let me give a bit of leeway." Uh, I'm feeling a little bit more, you know, I don't know, I feel a bit more playful, let me sort of bow right. to her terms. And it just doesn't work. It just, it always, it, it always slaps you in the face and I just think like, here we go again. <laughs> Back to being dominant, you know, it's just, because it, it just, it just, it's just true. And I think that I will argue to I'm blue in the face and girls will argue me, but they, they just don't respond to it. So I think what we say is, it's about having that strong frame and saying that I'm not going to fucking break my frame for you. And when you have that, like you said, you may lose her, but she will respect you. Mm. And, it, and you feel better that way because you'd be like, well, I aim for my long-term goal. I try to fuck her. She said no, but at least I went for what I wanted. I didn't get it. And I just go and get the next girl. And the girl goes away thinking, oh, I couldn't break him. And mm. she'll just go and break the next guy, you know? So um, it is important in having that barrier. And it's something I live by. There's so much to that. I mean, this is such a central point of game that isn't... I talk about it in my book. I, I have a whole chapter on discipline. Yeah. Because it's all about discipline. Because it's so tempting when, it, especially a guy who hasn't had sex in a while, who doesn't have that much in many numbers, and a girl with big tits comes to like, it's like right within reach. He's gonna do anything. The problem is, when you, here's how I frame it. It's good to talk about this stuff actually. Um, when I have certain terms, like I do not want to do X. Let's say pay for an expensive dinner, yeah. and. The guy who then breaks his own terms to satisfy her, what happens is she doesn't respond, he loses the girl and he loses his self-respect. Uh, yes. So then he's double hurt. He's without the girl and he feels he, he betrayed himself because he didn't want to do that. Yeah, so it's yeah. always better to stick to what your terms are and do what you want and the girl can come and go. And But like you said, she'll always respect you. Uh, it's it's yeah. so important. And, and by the way, it doesn't mean you have to be an asshole per se. Like. But I do think in the, in the initial dance, someone has to break, and the guy yeah. should always break the girl. I think if a girl, meaning she gives in to your terms and you fuck her, if, if the guy break, gives in and, break, and chases her and doesn't get anything, it never works. Yeah. The girl basically, oh, and here's the other thing I wanna say. She, she wants to be, this is not politically correct, but it's my experience, it's just like horses, you gotta break them. In other words, you gotta break the girl and tame her, and then, then you can be nice and you can do nice stuff, but that has, that dynamic has to be established right away if there's going to be any polarity and any sex. I caught your stuff, I think, last year. I caught it late. And I seen your style. And it stood out for me because it was very different to the style in London. Because the London style, what most... It's a little bit more... I don't know, it's a little bit more indirect, but yours was like, there was no no bullshit. You just go over there and you say, give me a number. And the girl's like, I'm not sure. And you're like, come on, it'll be all right, it'll be all right. So that's something that I kind of developed a little bit later on because you've been at this longer than I have. 
And I found it got to a point where I, I didn't even have to ask them more. I could just make their mind up. I think women are always indecisive. They're indecisive. And it's, yeah, a man's, it's a man's job to make up their mind. So, for example, when I stop a girl on the street and I say, it was really good to talk to you. Uh, let me grab your number, we'll go and do a drink sometime. She's like, uh, uh, she's waiting for me to fill in. So I will say, come on, it'll be cool, it'll be fine. It'll, it's okay, it's cool. And just giving her that little bit of assurance, she goes with it. You don't have to be an arsehole. You don't have to be, you know, like, uh, horrible to the girl. But you need it's that fine. dominance. You need that reassurance. You need to tell her, like, I'm going to take care of you. It'll be okay. I've got it handled. Mm -hmm. And once they hear that, they kind of just go, fuck it, I'll go with it. Well, think of it this way. I, you know, when I was single, I used to get 10, 15 numbers a day. I would have... A, and now that I'm not approaching girls, because I'm in a, yeah. like, women, they might look at me once in a while, but I never get approached. In other words, it's all a male-sided thing. Yeah. So, there, I talked about this with my girlfriend, like, she was bobbing along, minding her own business. If I hadn't done something proactive, we would have yeah. never met. In other words, men, by definition, are the ones who impact the life of the woman. Like, mm -hmm. So that should carry through all the way. I have a whole th this whole thing in my, one of my seminars called the theme of penetration. You've got to penetrate at every level all the way to the sexual penetration. But you've got to penetrate her visual field, then her auditory field, then her, like, her stupid calendar where she, no, I got this. And it's like, no, you've got to be in, like, get in there. And it all, the, way, the reason that theme of penetration is true, it's all the way from the very first moment all the way to actual sex. Women... The, it's not the woman's job to do it. It's the guy has got to get in there. Definitely. And I know that now because I'm not doing it, like, it, they don't take... When I stop doing it, it's not like they carry the baton. They're like, right, now it's my duty to... Pen no, they, they, they don't... So they're fundamentally indecisive, and it's the man who needs to go in and impact. Very much, too. Streetattraction.co.uk You're listening to the Street Attraction Podcast with Eddie Hitchens and Johnny Berber. In my relationship, the polarity is better when I'm dominant and she's submissive. And when that, when we stop taking on those roles, it gets a little flatter. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot to say there. I don't want to yeah, get too to much on this, it, yeah. but I do want to recommend a book that I've read and is, I recommend it to everyone. It's called uh, Female Practical Psychology for the Practical Man by Joseph W. South. And it's a little hard to get, um, but... Uh, read it and you'll see he covers all this and yeah. from an evolutionary standpoint and how women beta beta eyes men yeah. in relation it's when i read it the first time years ago i've read it three times it opened my eyes i was like i couldn't fucking believe how most men including myself who thinks a lot about this i i didn't understand it at a fundamental level it's such a powerful book i really recommend it. and he talks about all this these issues yeah so guys you heard it uh from paul check out the book yeah. uh I don't even remember the whole title. It was a long one. Practical female <laughs> psychology. I've been doing this game so long and learning the psychology of women and the way they respond because I'm always fascinated to see how they respond. And I find like just giving that a bit of leeway, no, it's not good. They want to be led. You know, I, I say no to a woman is a very powerful I always say no. aphrodisiac. <laughs> I always say no. Even if I have to... I just wait for no. He, he knows I'm like. Yeah. I always say no, just to test it. Or just to you know, nix one of their things, <laughs> just to like get them a little agitated. I yeah. I remember when I first met my business partner Dan. We were on the subway, and I was, I was very cocky. It's kind of my peak. And um, what happened? We were on the subway, and this very attractive girl with her gay friend or boyfriend wanted to sit there in an empty seat or something. And it would have, like a reasonable person would have given it up. I can't, and I purposely said no. And I sat, and yeah, she got yeah. pissed. But I could see like in that, in that agitation was sexual attraction. Yeah, like they're yeah. very attracted to not getting in their way and being like, yeah. um, but I, this, I remember what I wanted to say. You did jog my memory. 
if it's such an interesting thing, if we want to drill down why strong terms are so important and why women respond to them, it's this. I write this somewhere in one of my books or reports or something or an interview I did. Let's take a very, very prized, beautiful woman. She tests you and your, your terms are like rock solid. You're like a dam. No, I'm going to run my life like this. You are not going to convince me. You're not going to knock me off my mark. Yeah. Well, then she, get, she feels safe with that because what that means is if then you choose to bring her on board, the next hot girl who comes, the younger model, will not, will not easily knock you off your mark once you've made a commitment. Because I don't know if I explained that well. The big fear of women is that if, you have, if you're very loose and will do anything, then, they, then, then the next girl, because they, they know it's a competitive marketplace too, yeah. the next girl will get you to like compromise as well. Now, now, meanwhile, you have a kid with this one and she's older and doesn't look as good. All, they, this is all subconscious. They're not aware of this. The younger one now has been able to manipulate you and knock you off your mark. But if you have strong terms, she actually, the original girl actually feels safe because she knows, you know what? This provider, this strong man in my life is not going to be tempted by the next five young floozies who come. He, he's in control of himself. Because an out-of-control man who's subject to manipulation by hot chicks is very and they don't know this, but subconsciously very scary to a woman because she can't trust you. It's funny you've mentioned, because we've done, me and Eddie have done a video yesterday and pretty much, and now we didn't hear what Paul said beforehand, we didn't copy it, but pretty much what you said is what we all talked about. When I'm indecisive and feeling unsure of myself, when I lack confidence and clarity in yeah. my relationship because it's a complicated decision or something and I don't see it very clearly and I'm confused, my girlfriend responds very negatively to that because yeah. she feels unsafe and but when i know exactly what i want it's like right i made these plans like it's a, i remember when we were recording i would book these elaborate trips and it was like this is what we're going to do babe you're taken care of i got your plane ticket it's gonna no question i ran the whole show but she felt very comforted and when i take my hands off the steering wheel like oh, i don't know what i'm doing then the, then the woman in my life is like whoa she gets very freaked out there's a great movie, I, I mentioned this in my book, but I'll make a plug here. The original Italian version of Swept Away. If you want to understand male-female dynamics, I won't yeah. tell you what happens, but um, it, it, when you watch that, anyone who's an audience to this podcast will watch this and be like, holy shit, because it talks about, yeah. it's so different than what we're told, and you really see how the survival instinct of men and women operate under, under a stressful situation. It's good, very good movie. Streetattraction.co.uk you're listening to the Street Attraction Podcast with Eddie Hitchens and Johnny Berber. When you was going out there regularly, Paul, did you, did you ever feel a sense of guilt? It's gaming every day. And well, I'm pretty narcissistic, so <laughs> I, I, I always thought they're lucky to get a piece. Yeah. Like, it's their privilege to sit on my dick, I used yeah. to think. So I was like, <laughs> give them a little gold star, lucky you. So, in other words... You hear the that, guys, you got to go ahead from Paul, so don't feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> the more they got a piece, those are, those are lucky girls. And the ones that didn't, I feel sorry for them. To operate effectively, I mean, that's also... This gets to a larger topic about... Um, I want to mention one other thing in a second about um, uh, knowing what to do, being decisive. Um, I want to come back to that. But um, it's, a, it's a societal thing where men feel guilty if they sleep with women and don't give... One of the... Yeah. Just to give a little preview of, of, the, of Joseph's book, he co-wrote it with a guy named Franco and another David, another guy. There were three of them, David Clare, I think. Um, three older guys who'd been married with kids, like 40-something. Pretty. There's a lot of insight in that book. And one thing he says, he says so much interesting stuff, but every, women put every guy into two categories, either a lover or a provider. Yeah. A provider is th that is going to have resources for the child and the mother as they as they pregnant and grow. And the lover is no strings attached, just hot sex, good genes, good genetics to give to their. And talks about all the confusion and how 
But one thing, one thing, um, and I, now I almost forget what it is. One thing, one thing he says is that as soon as a guy starts providing for a girl, she, he, he, uh, he drops down a little bit in her sexual estimation. So like wow. to give, to give anything to a girl in a way turns her off a little bit. Isn't that interesting? That is so interesting. It's almost like you're saying once you conform to a relationship, you've almost lost a bit of attraction. Yeah, definitely. And that's definitely. what I thought at the moment. <laughs> and that's just the start of it. He talks through a whole yeah. process and there's stages where they got and a very alpha male, and I can feel it in my relationship, becomes, becomes over time beta-ized. And it's an uncomfortable situation. I have to re reassert my dominance from time to time. And I, it is a very... You know, she's very submissive. I am very dominant, so it does work to some degree. But, yeah. it, and he also says in the book, it's inevitable. Um, I don't want to. I, I, I want to leave the credit to them. But we can, maybe if you guys have read it and want to come have me back in a few months, we can discuss the book because it's so fascinating. But yeah, yeah, definitely. We'd like yeah, to get you back because there's so much to cover. It's so fascinating trying to understand women. That's what keeps us going because a lot of guys say to me, "Don't you get bored of this?" You know. And to be quite frankly, you never get bored because you might have the rest from it for a while. You might come out of the game. But we're always, we're just trying to figure each other out, basically. Mm -hmm. you know? I just think that's where the, the addiction lies in constantly trying to figure them out, why they behave a certain way, and, and I guess how much we can manipulate each other. And I think when a woman can manipulate a man, that's when it's, it's game up, it's done, you know? She loses respect for him. She does lose respect. And also to your point, and this will tie in with my final comment here about dominance and decisiveness, you know, women have all this literature, at least in the States. They have Cosmo and all these magazines and their girlfriends yeah. they talk. So they're, they trade secrets and are pretty well up to speed. But we, only with this men's community and the pickup and a few of us speaking out, it's not a huge amount of material for men to understand this stuff. So they're kind of going it alone. Um, and to that point of being decisive, I know when I started gaming before I knew anything and also in my relationship when I'm confronted with a challenging, usually when I'm indecisive and confused, it's because I don't, I don't know what to do next, obviously. And I think a lot of your listeners who are starting out, it's scary because they don't know what to do next. And one of the service we provide yeah. as guys who are teaching is to say, you know, we've done the road work. This is exactly what you do next. You don't give in. You do this. You do X. You don't do Y. And it gives it guys a framework that they can feel confident to move forward because without knowing what to do next, you're just like a blubbering idiot out it's there. It's true, yeah. I think like what you said, that's why we wanted to stress the importance of dominance because when you're starting out, as you said, you've got all these ideas. Men don't know what to say, they don't know what to do. They're, they're, they're so concerned of getting all these good reactions and getting sleep with a girl, but at least if you start with knowing how the dynamics work, like you said, at least reading up on some literature and knowing that you know women don't respond to a guy who's not dominant. Uh, yeah. Even if you're not the most dominant guy starting out, just to understand those core principles, yeah. at least you have some idea when you're going in speaking to girls, rather than being just completely in the dark and just saying, I'm just going to say this material and just hope it fucking hits, mm -hmm. no, which it never usually does. Yeah. Uh, knowing the principles is, uh, is a million times better than knowing a routine, because uh, if you understand the principle, then you know how to act and behave in any situation. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. It's principle-based. Yeah. And I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, my yeah. buddy, who's very dominant and very good with women, the one I mentioned who slept with almost 500 chicks, we learned a lot together. He says, never forget, pickup is a full contact sport. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, just before we go, because you mentioned that, I heard you one of your, I think it was one of your podcasts, you said doing pickup is like a sport. And he said, you said, if you're not breaking a sweat, you're not doing it right. If a guy's just not animated, not moving around, not flirting, not touching, not in a rear, not out, he's not really working hard enough. And I think that goes with 
again, being dominant, you know, knowing what you want, going for it, and just, you know, fully committing, not just sort of sitting there and being half-assed about it. It's no. really, you know, going for it. And what, and what I mean by full contact is like... Beating them up. <laughs> a lot of confrontation. You know, a lot of very high-value women who are... They, they know what they're worth, and they got a lot of cockiness, and they got their, their chest out, and they're ready for... Be and yeah. a, an effective pickup... A guy, I hate the word pickup artist, but a guy who's good on, with game and good at rapping with chicks, a hustler, isn't afraid to get confrontational and, like, up the ante. And sometimes my best sex has been with girls who are like, bomb, bomb, bomb. We're like... There's a lot of tension and there's a lot of almost antagonism, but we can, we, we get past that and then we have, so confrontation is part of the game, definitely. I think, uh, I think we'll wrap it up, guys. Uh, that's it for me. Um, Thanks for having me, yeah. No, it was a pleasure, Paul. Thanks for coming on. Some insightful stuff for you guys. So uh, get out there, interact with the women, and uh, just be dominant, you know? Whatever you're doing, just be fucking dominant. <laughs> I just wanted to ask, um, what's a good way for guys to oh, check yeah. your you stuff wanna, out? If you want to see some of my material, um, go to www.secretstomeetingwomen.com. You can see everything there. My whole library is available. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so, again. Okay. Awesome, cool. Paul, man. That was really good. Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, have a listen to this infield recording uh, of a student that was on a boot camp of us who got five dates... Uh, he did really well. He came on the boot camp in disbelief that you could meet and attract women on the street. Uh, this is very inspirational. This is uh, this shows what you can do when you get over your fears. So a massive thanks to, to Matt and, and good on you, mate. Well done. Uh, thanks for letting us use this uh, infield recording. Much appreciated. Cheers, Matt. All the best. Excuse me, hi. I just stop you real quick. Um, I was talking to my friend. Right. And I noticed you and I thought, wow. Right. I, I had to come over and say, how did, how did you get me over here? I don't know. So how's the day going so far? <laughs> it's going alright. It's alright. It's nice weather today, isn't it? Yeah. It's going quite good. So um, what are you up to? You look really, you look dressed up really nice. Uh, to be honest, it's just the way I wear clothes. You got, you got fantastic style, <laughs> definitely. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm just about to get this thing, so. Oh really? Where are you going? Yeah. Well, <laughs> What's the thing? Tell me. Um, it's just to do a church that I'm going to. So. Church. That's cool. So you're a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> oh nice, nice. So um. Can you yeah. waiting for you? He's a cool, he's cool, you know, he's yeah. alright. He's alright, don't worry about him. So, uh, so what, bank holiday weekend, you've been having a nice, nice time? Yeah, it's been alright. So, um, you, you didn't tell me your name? No, it's Natasha. Natasha, cool, that's a nice name. Yeah, it's nice to meet you anyway. But... You didn't ask my name? No, what's your name? <laughs> my name's Matt. Matt? Yeah. To be honest, when I came over here, right, I didn't expect yeah, you to be yeah. so friendly. No, I mean, I, I feel bad, I'm being obviously. No, why are you feeling bad for? Don't be but... silly. You're being friendly to me, you know, making me feel really comfortable. <laughs> think, you know, yeah, of course, you know, to be honest, I, I was expecting you taking a swing at me, so yeah, I think yeah. it's going well so far for me. I don't know. But, um, so, I mean, it's nice you came over, I'm really flattered. You are very beautiful, so I mean, you should know that straight away. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't want to waste your time, because I know you're in a hurry and my friend's waiting for me. Yeah. Uh, you should give me your number and we'll go for a coffee sometime. Just a bit like, you know, I just, you know. You know, like just basically like a half an hour coffee, right? I mean, it's up to you. I don't want to, I don't want to make you uncomfortable or impose. Okay, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you my number, sure. Sweet. Um, that's it. So uh, go ahead. Oh seven seven. Oh seven seven. Eight. And. Uh, to be honest, uh, in this sort of excitement of coming over here, I know you just told me your name. But you've completely... Uh, <laughs> Natasha. Thank you. 
in a second. And uh, yeah, it's a pleasure meeting you. Really nice, nice girl. Nice to meet you. And uh, oh, come on, let's do four more. Quick, quick, come on. Thank you very much. Take care. You too. Sweet. Make sure to stay up to date with the podcast and the Street Attraction website where you can check out infield footage, get tips and bonus material, as well as info on training and boot camps. Thanks for listening, guys. Get out there and meet those lovely ladies. Streetattraction.co.uk